everybody welcome to a super duper emergency special edition good friday version of flow wrestling radio live holy cow version <laughs> casual friday for me i just sprinted <laughs> out of the house and i said you know what they're gonna see tank top cp they're gonna see how i really live on a friday because there's no time to change shirts when thomas gilman goes from iowa to penn state i'm dan joined by my old friend dan daniel roy lobdell jr and calling in via the vmix is Stephen Kyle Brackey, our favorite father of FRL. How are you doing? I'm good. I know when I woke up this morning, I did not expect to be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, on The Office when Pam didn't plan on uh, organizing a bird funeral. But sometimes you just are handed the day you're handed. And today is a day where in the, the ultimate twist of irony, but we'll get to the twist of irony later. Let me lay it all out for you. <laughs> Thomas Gilman is leaving Iowa. Mr. Hawkeye is headed to Penn State, which is number one enemy of Iowa, which basically happened a year ago when Kyle Snyder, after the World Championships, said, oh, Lord. I'm going from Ohio State to the uh, Ohio State's number one enemy, Penn State. So once again, we're seeing some of the best in the country go. And I guess first I want to reactions from Dan and Kyle is there any scenario where you thought this was a possibility ever? Uh, I'll go first. To Penn State, no. Uh, leaving Iowa, yes, uh, simply because of the nature that, the, that there could be two guys in you know the Olympic trials of the world, team trials finals, you know, depending on the year, that are competing for the same spot. Um, and I would say for none other reason than that, I thought this would be a possibility. Not necessarily that I... Expected it to happen, but yeah, I thought it could be a possibility. Stephen Kyle. I did not, in my wildest dreams, imagine Penn State. Uh, to Nomad's point, we had heard some stuff about him possibly leaving Iowa, but it was for programs that uh, are not named Penn State or on Iowa's level, to be honest with you. Yeah, so for a while, I have wondered... This situation is going to come to a head. It came to a head with Ramos and Dennis, and it ended really badly there with Tony leaving and burning most bridges on the way out. And we, when when Spencer got there and when Spencer was as advertised, you could see this is going to happen. And if you're the Brands Brothers, where are you going to throw your loyalty? And this may I'm not saying this is necessarily about loyalty, but when you're considering you've got the two best guys maybe potentially in your room, you know, how do you work with Gilman and then go and coach Spencer? And how do you work with Spencer and then coach Gilman? You're, you're trying to get them to beat each other, right? And uh, whether it's said or unsaid, obviously four years ago that wasn't able to be handled in a way where both parties felt okay with the agreement, right? Tony Ramos was clearly not okay with the agreement. And I think – I don't think Iowa pushed Thomas out. I don't know. I just think I'm wondering, did Thomas just see the writing on the wall here? Mark Perry, obviously the rumors are swirling. I you know, I don't think it's any surprise. We won't none of us will be surprised if he heads out west, right? That's been swirling for a week now. And so that was his coach, right? That was his guy. And so if Perry does leave, I think we'll see uh, – I, I think it makes sense that Thomas would leave, but going to Penn State. And for Penn State, they're just making all the chess moves, man. K.L. Sanderson is 
just on it always. And I think he finds ways to, to make things happen. I mean, no one thought Kyle Snyder would go to Penn State ever, right? And then sure enough, there he is. And then you talk about – one of the things you talk about with, with Penn State is, okay, they just have not been able to produce at 125 since Soriano. And Soriano never even wrestled a match at NCAAs for him. So it's really since Nico. And they haven't really had a body there apart from Nico when he was there. Mm-hmm. And that's been 2016, 17 maybe. And he's been gone. So now you've got a bona fide 125 world-class guy there that you can say – Hey, Richie Figueroa, why don't you come and train with Thomas Gilman every single day? How would you like that? Do you think he could maybe get you to the next level? Because right now, you you can't really make that claim, right? It's like, okay, come train with Robbie Howard. Come train with Bo Barley. Come train with – okay, no. Here's the best guy maybe in the world, one of them, right? And he's he lives here. He lives in State College, Pennsylvania. Come and wrestle with him. That's going to help you, right? I think another thing that – I. I wondered – I think the Zane Rutherford component matters here too. Those two are tight. It's kind of known. They room together when they're on trips. They always get along. They power on. I think they're very simpatico in just kind of how they view the world and how they view wrestling, etc. Two kind of blue-collar throwback type of mentality wrestlers. So I think that's a really good fit. And, um, you know, maybe it was just time. I, I think there were a lot – of Gilman is a guy with options – but obviously, you can see why the option of Penn State is ultra appealing for someone like him. Yeah, and I want to touch on several things. So, um, and I don't by any means think this this was your 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 point. But Thomas Gilman is definitely not going to Penn State just to be a training partner. It is it is an ancillary benefit of of him going there. And again, I know it's not what you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, but just so we're clear to people. Um, and and also like Gilman in the past. I don't know, call it year, 15 months, 18 months, has seemed to have a, a shift in in his perspective uh, of, you know, he went to Russia by himself, right, and just different training situations and being open to, to more things. And um, I, I don't necessarily think that he always wanted to stay in Iowa, but I think he was more open to it over the past year. Um, and I, th- that, that – uh, trip to, to Russia, which was about a week or two, really sticks out in my mind of after that I, I had heard that he was a little more open to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Zane thing, I don't think it can be I don't think it can be understated. Um, wrestling is so much of friends recruit friends, right? So you think about when Joey McKenna came to Ohio State, Kyle Snyder was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. You see it all the time in recruiting. Uh, you know, in, in recruiting, you see parents recruiting other parents. So, like, things like that. And, and I don't just think he's going there, like, oh, to be with his his buddy or whatever. But it, it's all part of this of this game of of guys move a lot more now. And one thing that I want to touch on, I don't know if it's going to be now or in a little bit, but an unprecedented uh, period of free agency in wrestling, the likes of which we've never seen before. Yes, Um uh, I, yeah, I I think Kale sees it as two opportunities, right? One, it helps my college guys, but it makes my program overall look better if I get a guy on the world team. Now I have a bona fide 57-kilo guy. You know, in, in a year, they are going to have the trials at um, Penn State, I'm guessing. I'm guessing they'll have the Olympic trials there. So you could say, okay, come cheer for Thomas Gilman and Zane Rutherford and Vincenzo Joseph and Jason Nolf and David Taylor, and Kyle Snyder, and maybe Anthony Kassar, or Greg Kirkfleet. Greg Kirkfleet's going to qualify for the Olympic trials. Um, I think he already is, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, they're going to have a, a legit dude at every single weight class. At the Olympic trials, 
So it helps them in that perception. It helps their team. It's overall a, a huge win. We know they have the war chest to afford guys like like Thomas Gilman. Someone texted me, where does Penn State have all this money? They've, they've got $5 million in the bank for the, the Nittley Lion Wrestling Club, right? Five mil. So this, this not, to, not to quote Jay-Z, but money ain't a thing, right? Well, it doesn't matter. They've got the paper to pay for Thomas Gilman. What was it? A, a couple of years ago, we, we did that um, financial deep dive into all these RTCs, and they had $8 million at the time. Um, and who knows if that's gone up since then. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they have the they can foot the bill easily. And obviously that's one attracting uh, measure for these guys. But I also think, you know, Kyle Snyder said it when he posted about joining the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. He thought it was the next step for him to improve his wrestling and where he thought it was best to train to win uh, an Olympic gold medal. And I think Gilman feels the same way. I think he wants to um, – and these guys feel that way for a certain reason because there's Kale there and there's David Taylor there. And these college guys jump levels. And they and not even mentioning the international guys they have there, Begzod and um, Franklin, Franklin Gomez. Gomez. Yep. Like these guys are consistently jumping levels. And I think that's attractive to these guys. So just a quick assets um, recap and we, we can move on. But in 2015, their net assets were twice as much as every other club that we listed combined. So you add them all up, 19 other clubs. They had twice as much, all those added up, right? $5,700,000 in the bank versus number two at that time, Hawkeye Wrestling Club, was 699000 right? <laughs> so literally they had $5 million more million than second place, right? So it's it's a – well, I mean, what can you say, right? They've got the money. And they, I think they've – I think more than that they've got the – they got the eye of the tiger a little bit. They're the going. They're aggressive. They're going out. They're trying to make moves and get the next level. I don't. I don't know. Did anyone else call? How many other schools kept Thomas Gilman right or, or, or pursued Thomas Gilman? Tried to go after him right. Who else was beating down his door saying, "Hey, we can do this. We can do this. Do this." I don't know that. The, the, for all I know, there were ten schools that weren't. But I bet there weren't many teams going after Kyle Snyder. But. You know, Penn State was maybe like, hey, let's let's take a shot here. But I, I think as Kyle tells that story, it was maybe his idea. But regardless, I feel like they've just got the aggressive mentality to make things like this work that maybe other people aren't thinking of. And do you think it's, you know, a little bit of – I mean, we see it in recruiting, right? The, the, the mindset of, hey, you know, I, I'm not going to talk to a guy unless they kind of make it known that they're looking. And I, again, I don't know – like you were saying, I don't know if, if Gilman recruited Penn State or Penn State recruited Gilman – um, but there has to be some there has to be some sort of openness there for it to ha- for the you know the transaction to happen um, and getting to the war chest I mean I would love to know how much these guys are, are getting because uh, again this this unprecedented period of free agency like these guys are leaving and Lance Palmer brought this up to, today just like an hour ago or two hours ago on the Bader show he said the RTCs are are you know, providing more money than ever, and of course we knew that, but um, he was looking at it from the perspective of, of MMA, where MMA's losing out to guys, and MMA's giving out a ton of money because they can still stay in wrestling, and I think it's going to be kind of the next level of our sport, is is when you become a professional athlete, people kind of know the, the details of your contracts, and I think that's that's kind of going to be the next thing coming, is, you know, how much, what is the going rate for a silver medalist, two-time world teamer, three-time All-American? Yes. So, looking, and, and the further twist of irony I wanted to mention is that four years ago to the day, 
We uploaded a video. What was it called? Oh, let me let me pull it up. Ramos here. feels betrayed by Iowa. Ramos feels betrayed by Iowa. When Tony Ramos went scorched earth at the this is the last day of the Olympic trials and said, "I'm getting the, I'm leaving Iowa. I'm done." Four years to the day, Gilman's gone. That's ironic. What else is ironic? I can't help but remember how Gilman felt a certain kind of way about Ramos leaving Iowa, right? It really bothered him. And he talks about it in the doc. And maybe it was more the way Tony handled it and how public that was. But regardless, I remember Gilman, as much as anyone in the Iowa program, was not happy with Tony and how that was was all handled. And, you know, he talks about that in our our documentary, Love Me or Hate Me. He talked about it after um, the World Team Trials Finals where Tony uh, lost to him and they had that kind of little exchange of of words. So um, that was all... That, that that to me is just such a, a crazy wrinkle that in 2017 and 18, this was the guy. This was the Hawkeye, right? No guy was more rah-rah um, Iowa. And now just in a few short years, he's gone. Do you think any of that was th- that change in perspective that I mentioned where um, this isn't necessarily a good or bad thing. Just he, he looks at things a different way now that – uh, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe it is okay to 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 leave, and and again, maybe not necessarily on on the terms that they left, but maybe it is okay to leave and look around and, and kind of get out of w- whatever bubble you know that you're that you're in, whatever environment you're in for five, six, seven years while you're going through that college from a college recruiting process to actually being there to be at the RTC. Yeah, I mean, my I mean, take my perspective when I was what was Gilman twenty two or twenty three at that time, and then just how much your mind changes from that till. Three, four years? Yeah, of course. I think that's obvious. And plus, what is Thomas Gilman? Thomas Gilman is a an intellectual. Mm-hmm. He is a deep thinker. He um, is always reading. He's trying to self-improve. He's the one that, like, will will take a step back and, like, evaluate the things he's doing. And, and I, I, I've always admired that. And I think that was something that was maybe a little bit lost – Early on in the years of, of who Thomas Gilman was, I think this is just some Terminator robot meathead guy. He's like, yeah. no, Gilman's freaking sharp. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. And he thinks about things a little bit differently. I think if you have an open mind, your mind's open. You're open. Hey, maybe I can be better. I mean, Kyle Snyder has an open mind. Maybe I'll be better at Penn State. But it is if – you're, if, you're if you're a wrestling recruit, how do you not say, why do all the best wrestlers leave these amazing programs and go to Penn State? How do you not ask yourself that question? I mean, this is not propaganda for Penn State. It is what's happening. The best wrestlers are having success at schools. Kyle Snyder is an Olympic champion, a multiple world champion. He beat Abdul Rashid Sajalayev. He's the only one that ever did it, and he did it training at Ohio State. He said, "Mm, I think I can get a little bit better if I go here. Thomas Gilman, world silver medal, then made the team again. Final X, the guy is succeeding. He's doing well. And he said, mm, this might be the place for me to jump levels. And if you're a high school uh, wrestler, how do you not think, wow, these guys are having, reaching this conclusion, right? Now, how does this, what is the impact of everything? You know, I, I don't know, but uh, it's, um, but I just did not expect us to, I, I thought maybe he would go to Arizona State if Perry winds up going there as a, whether he was an assistant coach, because remember, at the time, so Arizona State let Jamil Kelly go too. So there were two openings because Pendleton left for Oregon State and Jamil was there. So I was like, okay, Perry and Gilman went back like 
I don't know, a week and a half ago when someone said, hey, watch out for Perry and Gilman both to go to Arizona State. They have two spots open there. I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then when Molinero comes on board at Arizona State, it's like, okay, now there's not room for both necessarily, at least on staff. So, And I don't know if Gilman necessarily even wanted to be on staff, right? He sure. just want to focus on training. But that's been speculated. Would he go with, with Colat to Navy? A lot of different uh, Gilman landing spots were discussed. But – None, none of, at no point was it discussed. Would he go to? Would he go to Penn State? I uh, I can't believe we've gone this long and haven't uh, said the name Spencer Lee yet. I think he said it at I the very beginning. Did. Yeah, I I sort of like um, like what I think that's like like looking at our the responses on social media and seeing people's reactions. That's the first person or place that a lot of people jump to it wasn't necessarily the getting better or the gilman with an open mind or a different perspective and and being a changed person it was spencer lee what kind of impact or um do you think this aided his decision a lot well i i guess my point with with spencer is where do you think iowa is going to throw they you can you can try to play the game of we're yeah we're in your team we're in your team but it's just like at Penn State Penn State's no different it happened they, four years ago with with well, Zane well, and Molnero well hold on no uh, it happened six months it ha- happened a year ago when they didn't tell Bo Nickel that David had a torn ACL and was not coming back Penn State does the same thing Penn State does, they, let's David's our guy we're not telling you Bo you they knew Penn State knew not just David knew Penn State knew. They didn't tell Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel would have gone down. Bo Nickel would have made the team. He could have medaled, which means he could have had a bye to the Olympic trials finals. They, they, they drew that all up on the board. They said, okay, we're not going to tell him. They said, we, we told David we would keep it under wraps, so they did that. That's fine. You throw your support. You have to make pragmatic decisions when you have two guys at the same weight class, right? And if you're Iowa, you're going to be in the same boat. Spencer Lee has changed Iowa wrestling. He has put them, he has taken them from fighting for trophies to they were the favorite by 30, 40, up to 60 points at different times in the season. And now he's not 60 of those points, but you talk about friends. You, you talk about friends. You, you think Jacob Warner didn't see Spencer Lee commit and say, I, I want to be a part of that? You think Austin DeSanto wasn't recruited by Spencer Lee? This guy has had. He turned the whole thing around, right? Ben Askren predicted it, and it was kind of true. Not, not only, okay, that's a beautiful, I don't know why we're going to the Sierra Nevada mountains, but Holy crap. okay, that happened. But we're back. Um, but Ben, ben kind of laid it out there, and it's happened. So you know what? Tom and Terry Brands, that's your guy. That should be your guy, right? And I think the tension, Mark Perry's going to, Mark Perry 100% is going to train Thomas Gilman to beat Spencer Lee. Because that's the guy in the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. That, that sort of friction around your program, I don't care if you got Dr. Phil on staff. You're not going to be able to make that be – you're not going to make that work. How is that going to – that's, that's going to be really hard to work out, okay? They weren't training together um, basically at all, right? So it's not an iron sharp and iron situation. It's there's Gilman practice over here, Spencer practice over here. He's got his partners. He's got his partners. It wasn't – I mean, I think there was a time they did train together, but I think those days were not happening as much anymore. And that's fine, and that makes sense. I would understand I would understand that from Spencer and Gilman's perspective. That's not some earth-shattering thing. Um, so 
I get it. And I get if I don't think this was a necessarily a Iowa said, hey, we're putting our support behind Spencer thing. I think everyone knows what's how this everyone knows how this movie ends. It was going to end at some point. And I think Gilman thought probably coming into the trials, he's like, well, I'm not going to shake up my training situation a couple months before trials. But now I think it makes a little more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's not a good point of the, the timing of it, uh, because whether this happens you know, literally on this day again because it's a couple days after the trials and, you know, Gilman either makes the team or he doesn't, or because of this, yeah, the the, the timing is a little different to it. Um, but, yeah, like, the, I want to go back to the, the, the recruiting angle because at some point you run out of things, and, like, it's going to happen to Penn State too. And Penn State, you know, as much as anybody, does a good job of kind of picking the right – uh, the right horse to back, so to speak. But, like, it's going to happen to any program. It's going to happen to Penn State if Iowa goes on a run, if Ohio State goes on a run. Like, eventually you just – your success eats you from within because there's not enough bodies. You know, there's not there's not enough space when only one person can wrestle at NCAAs and only one person can make a world team. So you're saying that about Iowa or about Penn State? I'm saying it about just wrestling in general. Like, yeah. everything ends. And, again, Penn State does wow. does, does an amazing job, but, like – it's 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 going to happen to them. You mentioned it with you mentioned it with with the Bonico David Taylor thing. I brought up the the Zane Molinaro thing. Like your your success is kind of built on how long you can let people leave because the the pool's only you know the pool's only this big. There's only ten spots. There's only, you know there's only mm-hmm. six spots depending upon whether you're talking is about it, NCAA or is Olympics. it going to end? Because <laughs> uh, some of our editors are working on this like FRL hype, and they wanted like some. Some parts where we get animated or excited. So I was watching some old FRLs, and I was looking at the one where Ben was like, "I don't see where Penn State wins again." Like looking down the line, and this is how they—I think—how they can get back in the races. You bring in these awesome senior level athletes, like they have Kyle Steiner there and David Taylor and Thomas Gilman. Like CP was saying, now they can go to the guys like Richie Figs and other lightweight guys. Be like, look, we got this training partner. We got this training partner. We got this training partner. Come be a part of this. And how can you say no to that? Yeah. Well, I was the one that tweeted after the, the Jason Nolf Hayden Hydley match, like the the sun will never set on the Penn State Empire, right? That old thing about like the British Empire. Like it's never going to end. But it will eventually end. And and again, I don't know whether that's gonna be like when just Kale and this coaching staff hangs it up or when, you know, again, there's too many spots, like the, the pool fills up, the hot tub fills up, but um Either way, what CP is talking about, managing those relationships and how those situations end and backing the right horse more times than not, that's going to decide how long this thing goes. It's kind of like a no one's bigger than the shield kind of thing. It's like no one's bigger (laughs) than the program, right? It's like – and even David Taylor's day will come when maybe they have to make a tough decision, right, where it's like, "Mm, okay, is David still the guy? Because we've got this. Who knows who it's going to be? Maybe – Someone like Brooks or someone comes and emerges like, well, we got to do this. And they, there's a decision that has to be made, right? And I don't know what it's going to look like. And I think something every program, but, you know, it was Gilman for a while. Now it's not Gilman anymore, right? Now, the interesting point about that, about the no one's bigger than the shield. I mean, look, Tom Brady left the freaking Patriots to go to the Bucks. And I know it's a different sport, but that's still like a mind-boggling thing. Yeah. Um, the different thing about wrestling, though, is that there's kind of always a natural end, right, which is the Olympic year. 
And the overwhelming number of guys retired in Olympic year. Yeah, you know, Logan and, and Tony didn't because, you know, their bodies were kind of beat up. But in general, most guys are going to end in an Olympic year. And so you, you get a little time to prepare yourself for this to the point that, I mean, and it, and it didn't even happen. I predicted that Spencer Lee would never wrestle a senior level freestyle match while he was in college. And I was obviously wrong because the Olympics end up mattering a lot. But I thought the way this thing was going to end was. Gilman was going to be allowed to do his thing, and then once uh, Spencer finished up his career, he was going to go. And I was a little wrong on that, but it's a little it's it's a little different though, CP, where the the there's a natural endpoint to all this for most of these guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know where to go after that. You've got a lot of stuff in here. I, um, go ahead, Kyle. I, I just think it's 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 just so shocking because. Gilman was Mr. Hawkeye. He was Mr. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Like when you thought Iowa wrestling, he was one of the first guys that came to mind. He was uh, everything that program's about. Um, Tony Ramos was, was the, the face villain. of Iowa too. When when he left, he was the face yeah. more so yeah. than Metcalf. When he won that title at that point in time, it was it was Tony, right? Well, it goes back before them, Doug Schwab. What do you mean? Doug Schwab left there too. Well, um, he was an assistant coach. He got a head I'm coaching just, job. I'm just saying that was on not great terms. Either. And also, well, Ramos went to North Carolina to help start build a program, and Gilman is joining the arch rival, the one, the team that the program you just spent like seven years and has been trying to knock off for a decade. Yes, true. Yes. Holy cow! Um, so it's it's uh, it's man. You know, you don't expect these kind of big shakeups to to happen, but they they it seems like there's always crazy news that drops in in the wrestling world, and uh, I did not see this one coming though. I, I did want to Friday news dump. Friday news <laughs> dump. Definitely Friday news dump. And I don't, I don't. We don't have to get into all of them, but I did want to touch a little bit on this unprecedented free agency period. And right at the top, Snyder to Nittany Lion, and then Jaden to Ohio State, which was more or less, I would say, a dom- like a direct domino. Um, but even going down the line, like, J.O.'s moved various times. Frank Molinero's moved. Pat Downey's moved around. Um, Nashon had a stint at, at Arizona State. McKenna tr- was both a transfer and uh, and an RTC move to Penn RTC. Um, looking, even, like, thinking ahead a year, Jay Nyerman transferred because he wants to stay at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Mm-hmm. So, like... This the, the the RTC thing is is now guys are, are even down the line looking at making their either the college decision based on it or transferring from a school because they want to then go to that that RTC and um, you know obviously like you you can't do that in those discussions with guys but like that's the guy the, the guys are coming to them with that mentality of going okay look but obviously we're not going to talk about this but I like we know that I'm going to stay here uh, after I go because this is where I want to be for for me to hit the peak of my career or whatever you want to call it looking at twitter got a tweet from don bachata says man listening to frl you can see how much c pals eight loves iowa and dislikes penn state <laughs> note every large school with a great program has big donors okay tackle this one by one my opening rant was how could a high school recruit say <laughs> no to penn state so exhibit a counselor you really I'll... had to preface that with this is not penn state propaganda yeah that's why I said that because I don't want because I get it. I used to get accused of spitting out Penn State propaganda for a while there, but the you know things are different now. So you get accused of a lot of 
Penn State both ways. Yes, both ways. Okay, so wh- whatever, Don. Um, but that was my how I began the show by explaining how could a high school recruit at any weight basically say, no, I don't want to go to Penn State because Thomas Gilman and Kyle Snyder have both left amazing programs to go train there. Item one. Item two, counselor. <laughs> Every large school with a great program has big donors. Okay, perhaps that's true. However, one program has a $5 million endowment, and number two has 700000 in the bank. So maybe that's true, but I don't. show me where the other – prove it in tax forms that another program has uh, a donor of that magnitude. And also, how would a donor giving $5 million be construed as a bad thing? I think it's a good thing that Penn, Penn State has $5,700,000 in the bank. So, oh, Don, Don – Don, who represents multiple Penn State, former Penn State wrestlers, the bias is with you. It's not with me. It's good to have 5.7 mil in the bank, okay? And it's good that all the good high school wrestlers are going to look at your program and say, man, all these elite guys want to go there. So I don't know what you're actually talking about, but thank you for listening. I have a question that just kind of popped in my head when you were talking about the money thing. And I don't necessarily know that this was the reason Gilman left or that, or that Perry could potentially leave him or any, any other potential shakeups to the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. But could the money that is going to the facility have taken any amount of money from the athletes or the Hawkeye Wrestling Club coach? Is that a, is that a possibility or is that a wholly separate thing? I don't know the answer. I'm literally just asking it. I don't think – I think it's wholly separate. Okay. I was going to get a uh, – Super duper complex. I think they're raising the money. Um, I think that's all going to happen. I think it's. But that sure isn't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Iowa lost a bidding war for Thomas Gilman. Okay. I don't think that's what happened. I think it's. I think this is about fit. Um, maybe they did. Maybe Penn State said, "Boom, Gilman, six figures. What's up? Come on." But I don't think. I don't know if that's how Gilman views things. Sure, I, and I don't either. But just it, it it was it came in my head when you were when when you brought up like he said, you know every big program has has big money donors, right? I mean, obviously the Jennings facility at Ohio State, the new facility at at um, at Iowa, mm-hmm. and did that money get redirected? Because it's my understanding that all or most of it is privately funded. Um, so again, I don't know. I was literally just asking that because that kind of that was the first thing that came to mind when when you said they all have big money donors. Yes, yes, I don't know that they do. Um, I hope that they do. Because if you look around, if Old Dominion had a big money donor, not and obviously Old Dominion was not a big program, but donors are what can keep this thing, keep these mm-hmm. programs afloat. Well, and even you think about the the stupid uh, number that uh, I think it was Jason Bryan. Basically, everybody now that has emailed the Old Dominion AD, <laughs> the number they got twenty five million from uh, from the AD for the endowment. Now that's obviously to quote JB a go to hell number, but. The, the point remains that for a lot of these non-revenue programs to either be in doubt or to or to I mean we, we got an email from from a coach the other day that had very specific uh, numbers that he shows to his ad to to show them hey here's the health of the program um, and so it's not just Nittany line Penn State guys it's it's everyone uh, needs to be in this mold of, of raising money right now. Man, I, know I what laugh. You're laughing at. I laugh. My man Michael Sears is just cracking me up. He said he's uh, he works for Flow Grappling. We're just always in this chat. He said, "Nomad, take your shirt off." Freaking <laughs> <laughs> kill me. Okay. Um, all right. Sorry, that was a distraction. But Sears distracted me. Shame on me for looking at Slack. But I guess the question for me is: Iowa had all this momentum 
you know, in a year where we we coming in, we thought Penn State was a favorite. Iowa quickly took control of the team race, pulled away from everybody else. They win Big Tens. They're going to win NCAA's. Um, they have number two recruiting class in the country coming in next year. But does a move like this impact them moving forward? Uh, is it just like, oh man, this guy's leaving? Like that can't be good. No, um, I, th- I, 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 yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you, but I, I think it's fine. No, no, I, yeah, I was done. I think. Because you know what? They're, they're going to have Spencer there. They're going to be – they are lightweight you for now. Uh, I mean – Time in memoriam. Yeah. Till, till a time TBD, they're going to have good lightweights there. They're going to have Spencer there. Um, the, the game is still the game. you got to win, win the recruits. And they're set up this year, and we ran the recruiting rankings earlier this week. Where they're set up for the future, and they've got to continue to land the – the blue chip of the blue chip and develop them, right? The game's still there. They're still going to be in. They are Iowa. And what they did this year is not going to go unnoticed, right? Everyone's going to see. They were probably going to win, right? I was the only one, actually, to go back to Don Bashad's point, I was the only one on FRL all year long still giving Penn State a shot and explaining the scenarios where <laughs> Penn State could still win, much to the chagrin of, of Nomad for a while and then Ben Askren and Kyle Brackey, but that was my perspective. I poo-pooed you like crazy. Poo- like crazy. Um, <laughs> for just this year, for just this year, but I poo pooed you like crazy. Um, but yeah, let's get to the recruiting rankings for for just one second. In in mine and Brock Height's opinion, they brought in the number two class mm-hmm. with a guy in Patrick Kennedy who has been bought in since mm, his sophomore year of high school. Yep. Before this fully turned around, um, and if you look ahead to next year, they have Drake Ayala, uh, Wyatt East. Henson, and there's one other one that I can't think of off the top of my head, Caleb Rachi. Um, and I think they're going to get at least one or two more pieces. And, oh, there are 2022 kids who I know for a fact Iowa is right at the top of their list. So, yes, is this going to have an impact? Of course it is. You never want to lose a guy like Thomas Gilman. But to CP's point, Iowa is – Iowa's still on a heater right now recruiting-wise. Yeah. And I don't know whether where to put that, whether that's, you know, Spencer Lee – Ryan Morningstar, Tom Brand, Terry Brand's new facility, the, the the inner circle, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, or all the above, probably all the above. But Iowa's recruiting is still um, gaining steam. Yes. So it's it's going to be Iowa and Penn State. I mean, the next couple of years are going to be really interesting because there's a there's a lot of other. I mean, Cornell. I think they're going to be in the next two years. Are going to be right there in the team race. Um, obviously, Oklahoma State has the number one recruiting class. You could make a case that Iowa has the number one recruiting class, but I think by the number of top 100 guys, it is Oklahoma State. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Here's a question I wanted to, to see. Now, when you have the guy, not on the bench, so to speak, but like you have the guy coming up in Spencer Lee, so you probably don't need a replacement for um, Thomas Gilman, but... Does Iowa go after you? Do you think Iowa goes after anyone in the next, we'll call it twenty four months? Why do? You, why would you get a fifty seven guy? No, 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 it's not a fifty seven. I'm just saying. Yeah, they should. Any, anyone, money yeah. wise. Yeah, I would get on the phone. I, I would. I would. Why not? I mean, imagine getting um, get a get a ninety seven guy kilogram guy. Get a eighty. I mean, any. I mean, get a, a seventy four guy. Because right? if you look right now at the the Hawkeye Wrestling Club now with Gilman gone. Um, and at, I'm not counting Spencer because he's still uh, he's still in college. What senior level guys do they have right now who are pressing to make the, the team? Other than Gilman, right? Who's now gone? No uh, one. None. Not even close. None. Not even to be a national team. No. But and, and now is that because they believe that that money or whatever money is opening up, they're going to need to use to keep 
uh, Spencer Lee, Alex Marinelli, Michael Kammerer, Pat Lugo, potentially all those guys. Is yeah. there gonna, are they going to be using that to keep a lot of those guys around? Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps so. Perhaps that's the case. I mean, to me, if, if I'm looking, okay, where the, – the, the chess move to make is this. One, where is a weight of need that they're going to have in the next two to three years where they're going to need to recruit someone, right? Is that like a 49 or a, a 65 or an upper weight? And then I would find a senior-level guy, no matter where they are, and say, okay, um, I'll use Joey McKenna as a terrible example because he's at Penn and – He's going to be there. But, okay, Joey McKenna, we need someone to work with our 41-49 guys. We're going to help you try to make the World and Olympic team come here to, to Iowa, right, um, and train with Jaden Ironman, for example. There's a number of senior-level guys that are sort of escaping me right now for whatever reason. But that you could go after and say, all right, this is going to help this recruit. And then you have this up-and-coming middleweight that you say, hey, up-and-coming middleweight, blue chip, you'll be able to train with this guy. It's very simple, right? And that is enticing to elite high school wrestlers. It's, it's a simple formula. And I think a phone call from Tom Brands and Terry Brands goes a long way with these guys alongside a, uh, a check. The same way a, a phone call from Kale Sanderson alongside a check goes a long way. So the game's there to be played. Um, if Iowa enters it, I think they could bring in some more elite guys. I think looking down the road, because um, I was just looking at this today, but down the road it's uh, either 65 or 74, kind of depending on where um, Patrick Kennedy shakes out, and then 41, 49, depending upon Wyatt Henson, how he shakes out from a class 2021. So that would be a 65-kilo guy or you know, or 70-kilo guy and a 79, 74, 79-kilo guy okay, down the it. road. Now, again, with, with, with keeping him camera or whatever, like that money could, again, be used Lugo. But Why not to call, your point, yeah. try to get somebody else. Yeah, get Alex Daringer, get Zahid Valencia, get, um, you know, what some other 65. Get Vincenzo Joseph. Maybe you can bring him over. You can take that from Penn State. <laughs> they can come over. Like, it's it can work both ways. Right now it's working one way, and it's going the Nittany Lion way. Another thing we didn't mention while we were on the Penn State thing, I don't know what kills – uh, thought process was about transfers, say, when he started coaching. But I know for a fact that he is some level of support of them now. What, of transfers? Transfers are bringing people into the program. Because I thought for at first that it was just going to be like, you're in, we get rec- you, know, you get Whoa. recruited, you go through the program, and you come to our NLWC. But now looking at it, like Andrew Long, Carson Kuhn, Corey Keener, Kyle Cannell, um, Thomas Gilman, Kyle Snyder, and I'm sure there's there's a couple more. Like, I think it's, it's more than I thought that have come into Penn State after not starting there. I think it's what you need to do. I mean, I think you have to win in this day and age with transfers. I think everyone else is getting them. Look at what Ohio State did with, when they got Joey McKenna. Yep. They formed one of the greatest teams ever, and they still couldn't, couldn't beat them. Um, you know, they Penn State's been in sweepstakes for, for transfers and haven't got them, and vice versa, right? They've got gotten some really good guys. Andrew Long, no Andrew Long. Take away Andrew Long's points in 2011. Okay, so I don't I don't think it's a new revolution or <laughs> yeah, yeah, revelation yeah. for Penn State, but it's uh it, it's something that they'll continue to do, and that's what Kale does. He evolves, right? Maybe I think probably in in an ideal world, you recruit the guys, those guys win, and you do that. I don't tra- plan A is not to get transfers, right? But things happen and things change, and you get guys that that get hurt. You have Soriano was supposed to be there still, like this is supposed to be his senior year, right? Yep, it didn't didn't happen nope. so you gotta you gotta figure out a way and they tried to figure out ways and they were trying to get 25s but it's hard to do um so I, I don't think it's it's a it'll be a new thing for them personally uh 
looking down the line again in Iowa City, if Mark Perry does end up leaving, as as kind of the, the tea leaves are pointing to, and Gilman, what is then the, sh- the shift there? Because we just talked about all these guys that they may want to keep around in the program. Who who do they target if if Perry leaves for the next Hawkeye WC coach? Yeah. Does Terry take over and does one of the the college guys shift up to be uh, one of the assistants? How does that how does that all shake out? That would be an interesting shake up. Maybe I mean this name just popped in my mind. No inside info, but what what if you call Jeff Buxton and be like, hey Jeff, why don't you come to Iowa and be the Hawkeye wrestling coach? I mean that guy has that guy has as much cachet and respect within the community. Mm-hmm. That guy's just revered. He's really good. I only see like one maybe the. Is he the greatest high school wrestling coach of all time? He's up there. He's up there. Like you stack those teams up in his development. I mean, but he has that kind of regard on, on the senior level as well. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the the Hawkeye Wrestling Club could get a new coach if they if if Perry does end up leaving for for Arizona State. Follow up to that, if they get a new coach, given everything we just talked about about um, what's in Penn State's coffers. And I, I think it would be still more you just get a, a fundraiser, an actual fundraiser. But do you get a coach coach or more of a fundraiser coach? Or, again, do you just farm that out and say, hey, <laughs> Hawkeye Wrestling Club accountant, you are now in charge of, of uh, upping the war chest. I don't know. Yeah. This is getting too nitty-gritty I know. For me. Just, these I would the get things. a good I, – I think in general just get good wrestling coaches. <laughs> the, the hamster wheel's turning. I, I see what you're saying, CB. The hamster wheel's turning in my head right now about yeah. all this stuff. Well, it, that happens from time to time. <laughs> okay. Anything else before we go? This is an emergency. I just drove in. I threw on the slides, and uh, we got here in, in uh, emergency response time. If we were like volunteer firefighters, we'd have a good response time. We haven't actually talked about does this help Thomas Gilman make the team next year? Yes or no? Mm. Does it increase the odds in your in your eyes? I say it doesn't. It neither increases nor decreases the odds, in my opinion. I think he will be. So much of his training was in his hands, right? And I. You're saying he, he took control of a lot of it once he got to the senior level. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Bracky? I think it does help. Um, I still would pick Spencer Lee to make the team, um, but I, I do think it helps. And, you, you know, another thing that I'm not sure anyone mentioned, but uh, Gilman knew that he needed to be more offensive. He's been saying it for the past two years. Yeah. And what is Penn State known for? Being these offensive dynamos. Um, so I think I think it can only help. Yeah, I, 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 that's where I stand, Bracky. I, I agree with you, and it's not anything against I, I'm just very in favor of, in general, um, as guys get older, continuing to expose themselves to new environments. So just like if somebody left Penn State to go to Iowa, I think that would be a good – like I'm, pr- I'm pretty much in favor of if, – if, if it's well thought out and reasoned, which I think this was for Gilman, it's a good thing to go and expand your horizons and go different places and try to learn new things, whether that's you need to be more offensive, you need better baseline, you need better conditioning, whatever the case is, better mental, like go go seek that out. Go find that from whatever if if you're not getting it there or just if, if you know, the, the relationship has become stagnant just because you've been somewhere for so long. So I, in general, I'm in favor of guys moving. He's in favor. He is the nomad. And what yeah. do nomads do? What do you think my name is? <laughs> he moves. Uh, I haven't, man. Nomad. When's the last time I saw you face to face? This has been. It's been a minute. How are you doing? Let's just let's just have a one on one right now. I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I, I I came to terms pretty quickly with like you're stuck in the house. Yeah. Uh, you're in the house and you're in the house board. So 
just stay working. And uh, luckily, Bader just kept me very busy with with the Bader show, and and, and you've put uh, plenty of good ideas and, and articles on my plate, and uh, you know been in contact with Spay a lot about about content ideas. So I I've been pretty good. Um, and then the the ODU thing happened, so kind of um, reaching out to some coaches and uh, talking. Yeah, you really effed that up, man. Yeah, well, I just I um <laughs> I really want these kids like to get really serious for a second. Like, I really want these kids to find homes, and um, so I've been helping a little bit with that. Okay. Yes, we want the same thing are you, too. Are you playing matchmaker right now? Yeah. Wow. He's the straw that that stirs the drink. You could say. Yeah. Uh, well, good, well, okay. thanks for like thanks it. for your service, no man. Yeah, I like that. Um. Okay, well, I guess we could go, you know? Something big's going to break tomorrow, too. Something's, it's going to, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll take it. It's better, I'm just sitting around. Why do you think we were able to get here? So we're just at home working, so we can just come in here and do work. No traffic. I, yeah, no traffic. It's a big plus. We got the paperwork. We've got the, yeah, we have essential, actually, I got pulled over yesterday. I don't. I got pulled over yesterday, and they didn't even ask for it. They didn't even ask for my uh, essential paperwork, so... I think no, Matt. You don't have. How do you? No, you never it? sent it to me. No, I didn't send it to you. HR sent it to you. Uh, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna install Gmail on <laughs> on uh, Nomad's MacBook while we go here. Thank you guys for tuning in for the emergency FRL. Um, it was a crazy one. Didn't see this coming. Thomas Gilwin to Penn State. There'll be more fallout. Maybe we'll do this again if more emergencies arise. Stay safe. Avoid actual emergencies. Okay. We're gonna get through this. There's light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. I'll just say that to be positive. I'm just saying it. I'm speaking it into existence. Okay, things are... I will say this. This is the words I've been using. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. When? I don't know. Is it going to get worse first? Perhaps. But it's going to get better, guys. Keep your heads up. Our job is to keep putting stuff in front of you that you love. And so far, the team's been doing a great job of that. So have a good weekend. Happy Easter. See you Tuesday.